I am so excited today. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. It is Freestyle Friday. And it's a weekend. Wait a minute. It's a holiday weekend, too. So that is just awesome. Shy is in the building. Yay. Hey, Sean. Yes. What's going on? How you doing? Good. I'm good. Can, can I? I'm not sure if I'm, my, my microphone's working, but it's all good. How are you? Fine. Can you hear me good? Yeah, I can hear you really, really well. I just want to change one setting here. Okay. Let's see. Sean, you're looking like an old man today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen you in so long. It's been a little while, huh? Mm-hmm. So uh, guess who I just saw last weekend? Let me take this off. What was that? Guess who I just saw last weekend? You saw Megan Barrett. I know. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. I went to Raleigh. Um, we had brunch. It was everything was amazing. Everything was amazing. So I just want to thank you. Thank you for creating this platform. And I'm going to go ahead and start the show. Hey, let's do it. Can't yeah, wait. let's do it. Okay, y'all. So this is episode number 27. Hello, hello, hello. This is Britt with Truth Be Told Podcast. Today, I have a good one for you today. I'm so excited. I am nervous too. Y'all, I got my mentor on the line. Y'all, we have the one and only Sean Croxton. Like, yay. Like, that is just so big to me, y'all. If you don't know who Sean is, I'm going to need you to go Google Sean Croxton. Like, Sean has been in the game. Sean been in the game since 2006, 2007, Sean. Yeah, yeah. like, it's been a long time. Yeah, see, I've, I've been following you. And it's funny how divine connections just play out. Because Sean has been around like y'all he's not new to this he's true to this let me go ahead and say that he is the king of motivation he is also like just you hear me shine yeah we're good now i was able to set my microphone we're good yeah okay <laughs> he is just the king of motivation um he has the three top podcast shows i'm gonna go ahead and just tell you a little bit about sean let me go ahead and read about him i know he's like really britney but i need you to know who he is um he is the founder and ceo of underground wellness and simple clear marketing he is also the creator and host of three top ranked podcasts you have the underground wellness Re underground wellness radio the sean croxton sessions also, the quote of the day and the newest one is the mindset coach, which is just all about shine. So I'm just so excited. Thank you for being on the show today, Shine. Thank you very much. I remember when this was just an idea, this whole podcast thing, and now you're doing it. So I'm super happy for you. Way to take action. It's because of you. It's all because of you guys. Yes. Yeah, like you're always talking about you pretty much make me step out on faith you and the book club like shout out to the book club because i am still connected to everyone like everyone is just awesome um it's just funny how god plays his role like when you came into my life shine it was two years it was like two years ago um well it's probably not been that long but it's close to what i want to say because you came at a i was at a dark time shine um, I had just, I was supposed to be happy. Okay. Cause for one, I was getting married. Um, I was supposed to be in like this big old high and I was excited about my wedding, but my grandmother was dying. Um, and she passed away, uh, right before my wedding. And then my mama, grandma, she passed away like right after my wedding. So it was just like a double edged sword. It was like, yeah. boom on top of boom and so I was just searching I was looking for something I didn't know what I was looking for I've been reading books been into inspirational um, things but I was looking for something more something deep and I just started walking because um, I was in the country that's why I was always my connection was always bad in book club because I was around a whole bunch of trees and so I just started walking and then it's funny like you just like I said God has a way, you know, it's funny. People try to put 
like science on one side and God and the universe on one side. But in my world, it all plays a part. It's one big thing. It's light and love because boom, here comes Sean Croxton. You came on my screen and I was listening to something you were saying. I was walking. I was like, who is this guy? And then I was like a book club. And I didn't think nothing of a book club, Sean. I was like, okay, what are we going to do? in the book club like what is it like okay is he gonna read the book to us like is it like what is he gonna do that's i was so nervous sean i was like okay we're gonna see and so i got on there and i was like okay i didn't realize how awesome it was to be in a like-minded environment around people that support one another it was bigger than a book club like it was like everybody was like rooting for each other nobody was hating on each other or if somebody was doing one thing you wasn't trying to copy and do what she was doing you was just really trying to stand in your authentic truth so i just commend you for doing that and continuing to do what you do because you helped me and you continue to help me i listen to you every morning (laughs) (laughs) so god is amazing he's amazing and when you came into my life like I said, it was a, it was a really dark time. And so personality isn't permanent was my first book into the book club. And mm-hmm. I came into the book club and it was just like the most awesome book to come into. Like it changed yeah, it my was. life. It was. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, Sean, I didn't realize like the intensity of realizing like how your thoughts and how silencing your inner critic plays a role in so much of your life and what you what you do i've learned that there are three things that you're going to go through in life it's the five senses your thoughts and your emotions i feel like it's just you learning to uh, deal with them and that's where you came into play you taught me to be self-aware you you definitely taught me to be self-aware so i just want to say thank you thank you (laughs) well you're welcome you're welcome thanks for being part of the community really appreciate that thank you what do you have going on today sean uh, no, I've been, you know, uh, what have I been doing? I just took the dog for a walk doing this. Uh, I got my boss brain method grad call after this, taking the dog to the dog park. And then I want to work out and watch basketball. That's it. Yeah. I figured basketball was going to be somewhere in the equation and shout, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Kobe, um, and being a puppy dad. I know that's amazing. I'm pretty sure it has its challenges. Is there anything that you can share that you've learned that you thought that you knew before you got Kobe as far as being a dad now? <laughs> um, well, I thought getting an older puppy was going to be easier than it was because, uh, you know, I didn't get the puppy at eight weeks like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I got Kobe at five months because I thought it was going to be a little bit easier since he was older. It was not at all. It was really hard. Um I think he's he's been teaching me a lot of patience. I'm very impatient. And so he's like a reflection of me. He's like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And I'm like, dude, relax, relax. I'm like, you're just like me. So (laughs) I've been um, really working on the patience part and just slowing down. And uh, I like it. It's 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 again, had its challenges, but it's also been really fun and rewarding. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you're enjoying Kobe. I'm glad he's taking up your time and just giving you a different perspective on life because that's what animals are supposed to do. They're supposed to bring out the joy and peace and harmony and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. You know, yesterday we were on a walk um, and I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm a stay at home dog dad. I like this, you know, like I I love taking him on adventures. I love like seeing the different stages he goes through. Like he does like new things every couple of weeks. I'm like, Oh, what is that about? You know what I mean? Like the people who helped me clean the, the the house, uh, they're here right now. And you know, he usually barks when anybody enters the door and this time he was like really cool. And I'm like, wow, check you out. He's learning. It's routine. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Definitely routine. That means you're doing an awesome job. So shout out to Sean, the dad, the dog dad. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Now I need some real kids. Let me get some real kids now. <laughs> They'll come. They'll definitely come. Trust me. Um, now you're calling them into your life. I'm pretty sure you've probably been open to having kids, but they'll come when they're when it's time. You can yeah, have mine, Sean. I have four. <laughs> Send them over. I got you. <laughs> well, okay. So today we're talking about silencing your inner critic. 
um, something you are very known for talking about and just being the boss brain method, um, being the man you are as far as being the king of motivation. Uh, what you taught me in the book club and just in general is how our brain like plays a part in so much of our thinking. I never, you know, you would think, you know, I was a nurse in school, Sean. But until I was around you, I was like, oh, my gosh, where was Sean when I took anatomy and physiology? Because you just broke down the brain and the prefrontal cortex so well to me to where I was just like, okay, that's like I don't have to accept that thought. I don't have to. I need to start challenging that thought. And that's why I feel like when you came into my life at that time, that's what I needed because I was like, okay. Brittany, you need to figure out what's going on inside of you because there's some layers you need to go through. And I wasn't ready to do the work. But when I came across you, I knew that I had to do the work. <laughs> mm-hmm. The work must be done. I mean, everybody's got to do the work. And that's where that self-awareness part comes in. You know, it's in order to do the work, you got to know that there's work to be done. And so it's it's a it's a really profound thing to be able to say, you know what? There's parts of me that need changing. And identifying them and being willing to um, do what you got to do to make your life better. Right. So what what does silencing your critic mean to you, Sean? Tell the world what that means. What what does that uh, mean? You know, silencing your critic, when you say that, I think about when I was in college. And I remember I had the worst self-talk in the world. It was just really, really, really bad. Like, I couldn't believe, like just the tape that was just going over and over in my head, just telling myself what I can't do, who I can't be. People didn't like me on and on and on. And um, maybe a few years after college, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I stumbled upon this book. And just, you know, before I get to that, you know, whenever you want to do something in life, but the inner critic is telling you over and over and over that you can't, you probably won't do it. You know what I mean? You're just probably not going to do it because that that voice is so strong. And it's also a protective voice as well. Maybe we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But I stumbled upon this book called um, The Structure of Magic, Volume 1, which is a neuro-linguistic programming book. And so neuro, brain, linguistic, words, right? Programming, programming. And um, they look a lot at language. And there was three things that I learned. There was... Um, generalizations, distortions, and deletions. And I've learned a lot since then, but those were like my gateway drug into silencing my inner critic. So, you know, a generalization would be like, you say always, or you say all, or you say every, or you say, um, you know, for example, like um, people never like me. So that's a generalization. So I might have taken one instance where somebody didn't like me and I just extrapolated that to everybody, right? So that's a generalization. And it's not true. And just simply asking the question, really, Sean, does no one like you? No one ever likes you? Just allows you to go, wait, that's that's actually a really silly statement that no one ever likes me. People never like me. No one likes me. I always fail on and on and on and on, right? Um, All and on and on. Uh, Another one was um, distortions. It's just how we distort our experience by way of what we believe to be true. So for example, you know, when I taught Money Mind Academy, and I always talk about how, you know, if you believe that rich people are greedy people, then and terrible people, and if one of these rich people gives money to an organization as a donation, due to that belief, you won't think that that person gave that donation because they're just a kind person who wants to help humanity. That original belief that all rich people are greedy, terrible people is going to make you think they did it for the publicity or they did it for the tax write-off. And right. so we are constantly proving ourselves to be true. And then there's the deletions is when we take our experience and we we delete experiences that contradict our beliefs. And, you know, I think one thing that's very applicable to a lot of people here is, you know, for example, you're in a fight or an argument with a significant other and you say to them, you never do anything nice for me. 
and they go, what? I did this yesterday. I did this the other day. I did this, the other, like, what are you talking about? But because of that general belief, like you never do anything nice for me in the way, and because of the way that human beings are always confirming what we believe to be true, we delete all the experiences that don't align with our beliefs. And so using this, we'll say technology, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, I was very quickly able to deconstruct what I was saying to myself and using my consciousness in order to do this, because you do have to catch yourself. This is not something that you just learn about and then it all of a sudden just goes away. You do have to catch yourself. But uh, I think over the years, um, actually not even over the years, you know, within months, I was able to find that 90 something percent of what I would say to myself was absolutely not true. That's crazy. That just blows my mind, Sean. Like we are programmed to think negative. Like I didn't realize that 95% of pretty much how we're thinking is coming from the subconscious mind. And only 5% is pretty much the conscious mind. That just, for me, I realized, okay, Brittany, you have been in idle autopilot for years. For years, like I'm just going with the program. I'm just letting the thoughts come. I never thought to challenge them until I started acting crazy, Sean. Like, and I was like, okay, this is old, Brittany. This is like before I had kids. Like, I still shouldn't be acting like this. Like, getting like angry and pulling up. I mean, Sean, I used to be really bad. I would pull up to parties. I would act the fool if I had to. And it would just now that I'm actually sitting down and doing the work and pulling back the layers, I didn't realize how much of that is pretty much what's stored into my brain. So can you tell us a little bit about that part as well? Like I call it, whatever you call it, just the storage in your brain. Why do we tend to have such negative thoughts from our brain does it come from what what does that come from well well, well it's interesting because um very seldom do we have a thought that isn't rewarded in some way and what i mean by that is like the way that we talk to ourselves is often a way of protecting ourselves from feeling certain emotions and so for example let's say you're dating somebody new you go out on a date and in your mind, you're like, oh my God, they don't like me. They don't like me. Da, 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 da. They think I'm too big or think I'm too skinny. They think I'm too tall. think I'm too short. Da, 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 right. And, you know, what we're doing kind of automatically in our brain or what our brain is doing is trying to get us ready for the rejection. Right. So it doesn't hurt so bad. Because if you thought everything was going well and then you got rejected, you're like, oh my God, my world has been rocked. But if you prepare yourself for the rejection, then again, your brain is trying to protect you. And then if you do get rejected, it doesn't hurt so bad. And so, you know, one of the steps to silencing your inner, crit- your inner critic is to ask yourself, like, what is the function of this thought? How is this thought protecting me? How is this thought protecting me from um, feeling an uncomfortable emotion? And I like what you said about the 95%. I mean, if you think about it, we don't really have to think about much. We don't have to think about walking, talking, eating, driving, putting our pants on, showering, brushing our teeth. We really don't have to think about a whole lot. And so we're essentially on autopilot. And there's this this time, like from birth to about the age seven or eight, where our brains are essentially sponges. And we are absorbing the beliefs, the ideas, the opinions of other people, the authority, the authority figures in our life, including like the media and, you know, church and so on and so forth. But our parents and our siblings and our grandmothers and grandfathers, um, we tend to believe what they say. And we take it into the subconscious mind without really doing any critical thinking because we don't have the ability to critically think. Mm -hmm. And so since we're accepting all of these thoughts and ideas, some of them are good ideas, some of them are good beliefs, but a lot of them probably aren't. And they literally go into our subconscious mind and they're just like the, the seeds from which our thoughts and our feelings come throughout our lives. And that subconscious mind, because it's so powerful, because it runs 95% of your day, 
essentially gives direction to your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unless you can change the subconscious and become aware of like, okay, here's what my subconscious is doing. Here's some old school beliefs and ideas that I got a long time ago when I really had no choice in the matter. Here's, here's how they're directing my life. You can step in and it's not easy, but it's important. And if it's important, you'll do it. You can step in and change those thoughts and change those subconscious ideas. It's amazing. And the way you break it down is amazing because I would constantly just start challenging Sean, like my thoughts, like when you would break it down and let us know like where everything is coming from and how the prefrontal cortex, play, like you call it, the ball spring, um, mm -hmm. plays so much in our in everyday life. Um, yeah. I realized that I was thinking about the moment in time. Like, you know, when you're thinking about the moment, like if something's coming up, like you said, mm -hmm. it's not the moment you're thinking about. You're pretty much thinking about just whatever you're thinking about. It's not the moment, like not the action that's bothering you. It's what you're thinking that's bothering you. Yeah, it's your interpretation. Interpretation. You know, it's it's the meaning that we give things. Mm -hmm. You know, something can happen to 10 different people and they will all interpret it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And the way that we interpret it usually goes back to something that happened in the past, mm -hmm. something that is stored in the subconscious mind, because the brain is very predictive. It loves to predict things. And so it takes what you're experiencing right now and it says, okay, what is this similar to from the past? And it doesn't really do this consciously. And based on what it's similar to in the past, your brain is going to create thoughts and feelings and predictions based on something that came before. And this is essentially why, you know, human beings tend to live the same day over and over and over again. Their lives very seldom change, no matter how bad they want them to change, is because they're always thinking about the future. Yeah, think about the future and also the present based on what's happened before. And if you do that, you're just going to get a whole lot more of what has happened before. Okay. So let me stop you right there, Sean, because this type of thinking, somebody for you is probably like, okay, this is normal thinking. Maybe you don't think that, but somebody like me that just pretty much are starting to pull back layers, this type of thinking is like, you have to really do the work. You don't realize that it can like it can unfold things in your life and that you can actually become whoever you want to be if you take control of your life. That's something that I learned through Money Mind Academy and through Book Club as well. But what is one thing in your childhood, Sean, that you can think of that made you the man today that actually made you start going from health and wellness to personal development? Um. I mean, what made me the man that I am today is just parenting. Um, you know, my parents were all about education. You know, they were buying books for me before I could even read, if I remember correctly. And so um, that was a really big deal for me. I just, they just kind of instilled in me this love for reading and just knowledge. And, you know, I was in private school from K through 12, um, expected to get really good grades on and on. And so I think that was a big deal. Um, also seeing the work ethic, you know, mm -hmm. with my mom, as well as my, my dad, um, seeing the entrepreneurship, um, you know, from my dad as well. Um, watching him at the swap meet with big old, um, you know, wads of money in his back pocket and selling things. Like I was exposed to a lot of things that maybe a lot of others don't. And I think one of the most important things is I was instilled with a sense of agency. And what I mean by that is like, I was taught that I can do anything I put my mind to, you know what I mean? And that there really were no limitations and no blocks. Like I didn't grow up in a family that was always, you know, talking about how, you know, the man isn't going to let you do what you want to do. Like that was never, that never even entered my subconscious, you know, growing up. I, I remember being a little kid, just telling my friends, like, I'm going to be rich one day. 
You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to be rich? I'm going to be rich one day. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that was just really just, just good parenting, good modeling for my parents, good modeling for my mm-hmm. aunt, my uncle, um, reading great books by, you know, I'm a big fan of like biographies and just reading about successful people. So I used to read, I read every book there was about Michael Jordan until about the, so about 1995 or so, just, just constantly reading Michael Jordan books. So I learned a lot of work ethic from him as well. And from those books. And so, I mean, that's it. And I understand that I got a head start, right. you know, compared to a lot of people because they didn't mm-hmm. get that programming. And so, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons I, I do what I do now is to help people to reprogram, you know, right. and to show them like you can do it. Like the, the only limitations that you have are the ones that you're giving yourself. And so, you know, let's do this. I love that, Sean. You taught me to actually start where you're at. Um, and it made me just remember like humble beginnings. That's why I asked you, you know, that question as far as in your childhood, what is something that you could think of? Because I think that we have to go back to our roots um, and bring up those issues, work through those issues so that we can understand what type of programming that we have. Because like you said, everybody doesn't have that programming. But what is what is one big obstacle that you can tell us that you have faced? Um, growing up, even though you've had different type of background, what is something that you have faced um, and that you have overcome that made you successful today? Um, I would say there, there's there's probably two things, like in terms of like big obstacles, because um, it wasn't like a merry childhood by any means. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Even though I got a lot of this 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 programming, um, you know, when I was about ten years old, my dad just like took off and left like never to be seen or heard from again till I was about 70 until I was 17 for a day. And then he's rolled out again. And so, I mean, we, I, I did have, um, so essentially we went from doing really well because my dad made a lot of money, right. To being poor, like overnight. And that was a really challenging thing for me. And so I've seen, I've seen both sides of it. Like I've seen, like, you know, as I became an adult, you know, some people only experience poverty growing up and going into their adulthood. Some people only um, uh, get to experience being upper middle class. Like I got both of them and I got to see like, this one was pretty cool. This poverty thing sucks. (laughs) I ain't trying to go back here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to go back here ever Again, and so I think that that kind of fuels me the fact that you know we went from you know riches to rags literally overnight to you know having a toy room where we just had toys. <laughs> you know, right. so there's a whole room full of toys, and we had like right. the biggest house in the neighborhood and all this stuff. And dad had his Cadillacs and and all that to like you know food donations was was pretty wild and. You know, that second period of my life, um, I kind of got some negative programming around money, um, for sure. And I think one of the obstacles I had to overcome when I, you know, got into entrepreneurship, you know, around 2006 or seven, when it comes to the internet was, it was overcoming those limiting money beliefs that I had. Mm -hmm. And one of the limiting money beliefs that just really rocked my world was like, I had been conditioned during a part of my life, like there's us, the broke people, and then there's them, the rich people, and they are terrible people. And, you know, for me, like I was growing my YouTube base, had tons of followers, but I was still broke. And one day it dawned on me, I was like, oh, I'm trying not to be one of them. <laughs> wow. Because if I become one of them, I'm going to lose love possibly from people. Right. And people are going to talk bad about me. And I'm going to be like this evil, terrible person. Maybe this terrible, rich person. He's miserable and he's greedy. And I didn't want to be perceived that way. And I think that, you know, that's where choice comes in. Mm-hmm. Like you can be well off and be an asshole, or you can be well off and be like the most generous person in the world. And I've always been a generous person. So now I just get to be more generous, you know, when you have some money. Right. You taught us to serve, Sean. Um, start where you are and learn to serve. Um, and I think that was what made me step out because I was like, 
I don't have everything together. And then when I'm seeing the the video you played in the class, Sean, of humble beginnings of just different people, like including yourself, I was like, you need. And that's what made me be like, oh wow, look at Sean. Like I even got to talk with Megan a little bit about you this weekend. So we had definitely awesome conversation. It was awesome. I was like, okay, Sean is definitely a man from humble beginnings. Like you said, you are aware of both sides of it and mm -hmm. you just want, you just pretty much pushed the boundaries and became successful and be the king of motivation that you are today. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 thank you. And I think a big part of that, Megan knew me before the internet, which is crazy. Yeah, um, she told me. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, she was my personal training client, like way back in like 2001. Mm -hmm. um, so, so. I think one of the most important things I can get across is like, you know, my philosophy on life, which is little by little, a little becomes a lot. Mm -hmm. Like the the time is going to pass anyway. So don't be discouraged about where you are right now. Just keep taking steps. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just keep to like little steps every day and five years later, because it is going to take time. And maybe it, it might be a shorter time, but I like to think in five year increments. I'm like, where can I be five years from now? Because, you know, we think we're right now we're in 2022, like 2017 seems like yesterday. It doesn't really right. seem like that long ago. And so the time is going to pass anyway. So you get to choose. Are you going to make moves every single day as you move through these five years? Or are you going to be like, oh, I wish I would have started sooner? Like, no, nah, like, just just go ahead and do it. And next thing you know, as the years pass, it's like, damn, I've really come a long way. This is wild. And so that's how I think. And um, I think that that philosophy can be very helpful to a lot of people because we want to make these huge quantum leaps. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We want to mm -hmm. go from $20,000 a year to $100,000 a year, but mm -hmm. many cases that doesn't happen. If you can go from 20 to 30, 35, mm -hmm. and then 30, 35 up to like 50, 60, and then the next year, like as you raise your consciousness, you're like, boom, making six figures. And then you're like, like I can make six figures in my sleep right now, like without even trying, because that's just my consciousness. That's where my, right. my self-worth and my self-esteem and all of that stuff are, are my self-image is there as well. But this is an incremental thing. So you're making 100,000 and boom, next time you make 250. It's just it just grows as you grow. But, right. you know, there's never been a tree that just grew overnight. It just kind of grew day by day. And that's how this whole thing works. You just got to be patient. I'm not patient like driving my car. I'm not patient when I'm waiting for somebody to like meet me for dinner. Like you say, you're mm -hmm. going to be there at 1230. Like I expect you to be there at 1230, not 1245. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But so I'm not patient when it comes to that. But when it comes to success and growing myself, I'm very patient because mm -hmm. I know what's going to happen when you keep watering the seed. And that's what I had to learn, Sean. I think the Internet plays a role in a lot of things we do today. Um, I feel like it can it makes you think that everything is microwavable. It makes you think that you can go from 20,000 to 100K because you see so-and-so doing that. Um, and it just made me realize, well, Brittany, you just need to mind your business. Like, mind what you're doing. Don't mind what other people are doing. And then don't worry about God's business either because we can't worry about nothing but what we can control. And that's what silencing your inner critic is all about to me. That was a big thing for me, Sean, because I would be thinking bad thoughts, negative thoughts, crazy thoughts. I'm like, I'm psycho. I mean, it is Gemini season. I am a Gemini. And we do have, I mean, we are a little crazy, but we are very compassionate people. We mean well. And I just want to tell you also, thank you, because you gave me the biggest, best birthday early gift to come on here. I was like, oh, my gosh, Sean is coming on here before my birthday. This is awesome. And I turned 35, 35 this year, Sean. <laughs> awesome. Well, happy early birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, but with silencing your inner critic, is there anything else? that you could tell us as far as people that are unaware of this type of just thinking or training, what is it something that you could give us as far as advice? Um, I think uh, here are a few things. Um, number one is to name your critic. 
I think naming your critic is really helpful. I don't have a name for mine, but you know, I, I just been doing this for so long, but naming your critic so you can create what's called psychological distance is good. You know, some people call it, um, you know, uh, Lucifer or the devil or whatever they want to call it really helps. Also naming the opposition, you know, it's kind of like the whole angel on one shoulder and devil on the other shoulder. Like maybe you call it your coach or something like that, like the good part, the good voice. Um, so that'll be the first couple of steps is creating that psychological distance. But third would be, again, as I was saying before, to look for the payoff. Like what feeling is that inner critic like keeping you from feeling? So I kind of think of the inner critic as, you know, when mom's driving the car and she's got to slam on the brakes, mom mm-hmm. usually puts out her arm, arm, you know, to keep you from going through the windshield, even though you have a seatbelt on. And so your inner <laughs> critic does that a lot. It says, wait, wait, don't, this is unknown. This mm-hmm. is unfamiliar. We've never done this before. We can't predict what's going to happen except for, you know, some maybe kind of similar experience we had. So your brain just kind of freaks out when anything's unknown. And so your inner critic says he's going to tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it because, you know, it kind of freaks out. But I do want to cover maybe one or two that were really helpful for me because um, my inner critic was just so bad for so long. One of them is mind reading. You know, many times as humans, we assume that we know what other people are thinking. Oh, my gosh, Sean, yes. <laughs> yeah, when you really don't know. You really have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that person thinks they're all that. Like, hmm, how do you know? You know, that person doesn't like me. Like, how do you, how do you know? Did they say that? Did they write you a letter? Like, da, da, da. Um, that person's miserable. How do you know? Did you talk mm-hmm. to their therapist? Like, you really don't know. Um, there's a great book called The The Power of Storytelling, I think it's called, by a uh, the science of storytelling by Will Store. Will Store is the last. Okay. And you know, one thing he writes about is how the brain it loves to make up stories. It loves to fill in the blanks. So it'll say, "Oh, this person thinks this, and that person thinks that, and that person doesn't like me, and da 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 That person's racist." It's it's like, how do you, you just don't know? You really don't know. Um, you know, speaking of racist, you know, I can get on this tangent forever, but I'm not. I love it. I uh, heard you today. <laughs> Oh, I was, yeah, I kind of talked about this on the show today. I was, that was a freestyle event. So, um, you know, a lot of times like we filters, there's one thing called a filtering. It's called a cognitive distortion. Um, and we filter our experience through something, you know, it might be our shortcomings. Uh, but one of the big things that I see today is like, we filter everything through racism and it's like, everything becomes racist because we're looking for it all the time. But, you know, I was having a, DM conversation with somebody the other day. And I was like, I don't play that game. You know, not that there's no racism at all, but Mm -hmm. I don't create meaning through a filter of racism. If something is like overtly racist and someone calls me a racist name, I'll be like, okay, that was racism. But if something kind of more ambiguous happens, um, I don't quickly go to racism because I know there's many other interpretations of what just happened. You know right. what I'm saying? And so that's, that's a big one that I see uh, these days. Another one is comparing, you know, comparing ourselves to other people, scrolling through social media. And, you know, you know I, can, I can scroll for a little while, but even me at some point, I'm kind of like, I want that. Why am really? I not that cool? Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like, why am I? You know, and, and that's when I have to stop. Because it's kind of of this natural inclination for human beings to compare themselves. That's why I really don't follow a lot of influencers. Like I follow like two, that's it. And I just, um, I think life would be so much better if we can get control of our comparison um, addiction. And, you know, I think for that, really owning our uniqueness is huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and really accepting the fact that we're all different fruits. Like everybody's a different fruit. Like I'm an apple, you're an orange, somebody's a lemon, everybody's a different fruit. And it just wouldn't make any sense for the apple to be like, ooh, orange, I want your orange skin. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like just embrace the appleness of your your apple. And um, when when we compare ourselves, like number one, stop, 
when mm -hmm. you start feeling like a little down when you're scrolling through social media, stop, put the phone away, move mm -hmm. on, do something new, use your consciousness. Uh, another thing is just to, you know, think about all of the wonderful attributes that you have. And that's where gratitude comes in. That's where honoring yourself comes in. Um, and also realizing that social media, if you're doing a lot of comparison through social media, like usually social media isn't, isn't very real. It's everybody's highlight reel. You know, it's everybody's like sports center top 10. And mm -hmm. so there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of other parts of the game that you're not seeing. And so always keep that in mind. Nobody's life is perfect. I do want to go back to the, the, I think the video that you were talking about, like the humble beginnings video, was it the yes. one with me talking and then there was like Gary Vee or Chuck. Yes, all three of y'all, Gary V and yeah. all different people on there. It was awesome. Marie Forleo's in there, mm -hmm. Amy Porterfield, mm -hmm. Prince EA, I think he, mm -hmm. he's called or Prince E. Um, like you know, sometimes people will compare their chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And you gotta realize like this is steps. This mm -hmm. is different levels of the video game. And sometimes people actually all the time, there are others who have been playing the game for longer than you have, but they all started on level number one. Like nobody gets to skip steps. And, you know, what you got to see in that video was like their chapter one. Mm -hmm. where it's like Prince EA, he's like, damn near high probably just hey, yo, what you know I, I, both of my computers broke and da, 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 da. but then I, I juxtapose that with like one of his most popular videos but it's like well right. produced and he's, he's in the hospital and it's like it's he's doing almost like a some poetry and it's like yo here's where he started Mm -hmm. in like 2009 or something and here's where he is now in 2022 the difference between you and somebody between him and somebody else is that he didn't stop. Right. You know what I mean? Or here's Marie Forleo sitting on her couch, you know, talking to her webcam, you know, about something cross-legged, just talking. Um, and here's boom, <laughs> her in the studio with makeup and wardrobe. Right. You know what I mean? Here's Gary V talking into a camera with, with terrible low quality and boom, now you move forward and Gary V is Gary V. So everybody had to start somewhere um, there. They weren't perfect. They're still not perfect. And I think it's that, that imperfection mm -hmm. that is relatable to people. You know, and I talked to Mel Robbins about this a couple of years ago on, on an interview I did with her. And, you know, one of the things about Mel Robbins is that, um, you know, when she was getting her start and she was like doing TV things and whatnot, uh, people found her to be unrelatable. So it never took off. And I think it was her agent or somebody said, or she said like, yo, it's your perfection. Like people, they can't see themselves in you. It's really unrelatable. And now you see Mel Robbins with millions of followers on the Instagram because she talks about her imperfections and the struggles that she's going through and people can see themselves in that. And so if you're looking for, for, for perfection, you know, understand that like human beings just simply aren't perfect. And since you're a human being, you're not going to be perfect and no one's ever going to be able to see your work or be able to know who you really are when you're hiding behind perfection and never putting anything out into the world. You're just like, I can't do it because it's got to be perfect. Like just, you know, I was talking about this. I was recording the podcast yesterday. So this is really mm -hmm. fresh in my mind. You know, I got all these books over here and a lot of these books, they're first edition and then there's a second edition. And there's a third edition and a fourth edition. And what that means is like the first one wasn't perfect. Right. And so the person improved upon it, you know, got some, maybe the latest research, put it in the new one. That's the second edition. And then they, oh, well, there's a few things wrong in the second edition. Oh, there's new science. You're going to write a third edition. You know, people are trying to write the 12th edition as the first book. You know what I mean? They're trying to do Marie Forleo's highly produced videos with their first video. And that's just not what you want to do. Um, you're setting yourself up for failure. Start where you are, as you were saying. I'm glad you said that, Sean. Thank you so much for saying that. It actually makes me feel better because when you before you came on the show, I was so nervous. Like I talked to Laura, I talked to Megan. I was like, y'all, Sean is coming on my show. Like I need this high tech. I'm telling my husband to go buy this. And then he's like, how much is that? He looked at it. He's like, you want this? I was like, I'm not getting, I'm, I want this mic. I want this mic costs like $300. I want this mic, but it's a nice mic. The Blue Yeti mic is, I don't want that mic. I want this mic. 
<laughs> he was like, baby, Sean knows you. Calm. I was freaking out, Sean. I even bought your shirt, not just because you was coming on here, but it should be here. Like, I was so hating because I was like, wait a minute, where's Sean's shirt? But I did yeah. go on the merchandise merchandise store and purchase your shirt. Um, y'all definitely support Sean. Anything you're doing, I'm always waiting to see. I'm always like, hmm, I'm waiting to get an email to see what Sean's doing. But <laughs> thank you, Sean. Thank you for saying that. You make me feel so much better. Um, guys, like he said, remember to start where you are. Um, learn to silence your inner critic. Before we go, Sean, I'm going to ask you just some random questions and then I'm going to let you go because I know it's early where you're at. Um, I like to play with my my guests just to let the people know them a little more. And you could just come. It's just random questions. Just five. So the first one is, would you prefer basketball or football? Basketball. Of course. And would you prefer Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Mm, Dunkin' Donuts because I don't drink coffee. Oh, okay. And would you prefer to have a shot of tequila or a glass of wine? Real quick for the Dunkin' Donuts, I'm eating the donuts. I'm not having Dunkin' Donuts coffee. But uh, <laughs> for um, oh, tequila, tequila is my favorite thing in the world. I, it's not like alcoholic wise, but you know what I'm saying? I drink tequila. I like margaritas. Okay. And what's your favorite Disney character? You know what? I'm not really a Disney person, but well, so we'll say, yeah, we'll <laughs> say um, Mickey Mouse, I guess. Yeah. Okay. The last one. What's the best way to cheer you up? The best way uh, anybody can cheer up Sean Croxton? Uh, let's see here. Make me some tacos. Ah! <laughs> I like some did you tacos. Give me the right version, Sean, or did you give me the edited version? You thought about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I did think about that because I, uh-huh. I, I just wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. And I, for some reason, my subconscious <laughs> mind was like, "Tacos, hook me up with some tacos, or um, bring me some." Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all into food. I love food. Food makes me happy. Uh, bring me some Dungeness crab, like a whole thing of it from Costco. I'll uh-huh. the whole thing. That's my jam okay. right there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I do want to say real quick, uh, if anybody wants to learn more about self-talk, there's a book called Self-Esteem by um, Matthew McKay that I recommend. Okay. Um, if you don't want to read the bigger version of it, there's like a companion guide to it. It's like a square book. That'll be like a good intro for you before you read the big 300 page book. Uh, what else is there? I think that's that's pretty much it in terms of book recommendations for what we talked about today. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thank I know you. I could have talked about a thousand topics with you. I was like, let me talk about something with Sean. <laughs> I still got I still got seven minutes. You got something I know. Else? Um, what else could you tell the audience, Sean? Um, before we go, I know you guys can find Sean. He is on Instagram. He's Sean Croxton. Also, SeanCroxton.com. Anything else you could tell us? Any more jewels? Like for newbies like me, Sean, what could you say? I want to use all of your time. Read books. <laughs> Read books. Um, put your phone in a drawer for a couple hours a day if you can. Don't be distracted. People have a hard time with distractions. Surround yourself with really good people who you know are striving for something similar that you're similar to what you're striving for. People who just want to become better people. Um, Treat your body well, you know what I mean? Walk, work out, um, eat good food, and um, take your vitamins and be a little Hulkster. I don't, I don't know why I, I like said that. that. I guess it's, <laughs> I used to love Hulk Hogan when I was a kid. He was like, take your vitamins and be a little Hulkster. <laughs> Tear his and shirt on off. your bad day, Sean, because we're perfect. Now, you know we can't be jolly every day. Right. Um, what What do you say to to people who are, like, really, it's, people are struggling. Um, yeah. People are still... Pe- you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, um, check the check, you know, what, what can you say to people that just need some type of inspiration, but more than that, what else can you say? Um, it's the first thing I think of is, uh, Steve Harvey when he says, uh, you done survived all your bad days, right? Like we've all survived all of our bad days. We're going to get through it there's never been a a bad thing or a problem that was permanent. 
You know what I'm saying? For every problem, there's a solution. If there's no solution, that's really not a problem. You know what I'm saying? It's something that's out of your control. So what are you going to do about it? Um, so I, I think that's number one. Things do pass. There's a lesson in everything that you're going through. And also you got to take responsibility for whatever's happening. You know what I mean? What I don't, what I, what I mean by that is like, you know, not to blame yourself, but I love to break up the word responsibility into like response ability. Like you have the ability to respond to anything that's happening in your life. And sometimes the things that are happening in your life are monumentally huge problems, but instead of looking at it as a monumentally huge problem, I think the first thing that we can do is like, how can I break this down into actionable components or elements? You know what I mean? What is the first thing that I need to do here? Like, let me just do this one piece for now. And then once I'm done with that piece, let's move on to the next piece. And then once we're done with, once we're done with that piece, let's move on to the next piece. Because, um, you know, the brain freaks out when we're looking at huge problems. Mm-hmm. The brain freaks out when we're just staring at the top of the summit. And right now we're at the bottom of the, of the mountain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so the only way to get there is going to be through steps, steps, step, step, step. But if you never take your first step, the, pop, the problem really you know, probably isn't going to go away because we didn't take the step. So how can you break it down? It makes me think of like Will Smith mm-hmm. when he was, um, he was talking about like building the brick wall, you know, his right. dad made he and his brother build the brick wall. And like the only way that you can build the brick wall is like one brick at a time. Like I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. And um, soon you will have a wall. And so I like to think of everything that way, break it down tackle a piece and then move on to the next part. And um, that's all I got. That's okay. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything you said, Sean. There's nothing else I could pick your brain on. I'm still, like I said, I'm still following you, but I'm going to sign out. I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you so much for coming on episode number 27, Silencing Your Critic with Sean Croxton. You guys go like, share, or subscribe to my YouTube. And I'm on like Apple and Anchor and all of that good stuff. But go find me. Go try me out. But we are... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sean. You have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was awesome.